You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what up? It's your boy Sosa Cremendas, as always, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. This is going to be your Thursday edition of the pod. As always, I appreciate you guys for tuning back in with me and giving me your time. Today, we got a dope episode planned for you guys. We're going to cover three separate topics here, and we're going to begin with something that literally just dropped last night from our exclusive partner at betonline.ag. They dropped some Super Bowl odds for the 2022 season, and I think you guys are going to be relatively surprised to find where the Rams are at on that list. In the second segment, we're going to dive into why the Rams continue to pay players and then quickly move on from them. It's obviously something that's concerning, but thus far it hasn't really stopped the Rams from competing, so that's obviously good, but it could very well pose some issues down the line, and that's why we're going to cover that topic. And then we're going to round it all out with the final segment talking about some interesting stats that I dug up from Matt Stafford and his last season in 2020-2021, as well as what that may mean for the Rams and their offense moving forward. So to begin, I talked about the first segment, starting off with the Super Bowl odds, according to our exclusive partner at betonline.ag. You guys can find these statistics there, and they just dropped last night their Super Bowl odds for the 2022 NFL season, and the Los Angeles Rams have climbed that list, and it's come as no surprise that the Kansas City Chiefs are first on the list. Of course, you know, they are the best team in football. They won in 2019-2020. They're back in the Super Bowl again now, and they could very well repeat going back-to-back. And I think it's fair to assume that, you know, going into the next season, they're probably going to be considered the favorite once again, as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, you know, Eric Bieniemy, all these guys intact, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, just a loaded roster, the best quarterback in the sport, That's always going to keep them on the top, and it should. They are the best team in the league. There's no question about that, in my opinion. But the fun begins after the Chiefs, and that's exactly where the Rams land, as well as a few other teams. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Buffalo Bills, the Green Bay Packers, and the Los Angeles Rams are all tied for the second best odds at 12 to 1, aka plus 1200 right now to win the 2022 Super Bowl. That is pretty insane to think. It shouldn't really come as a surprise, though, if we're being honest. You know, they did make the splash play to go trade for and acquire former Detroit Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford, and Stafford is going to be a big upgrade at that quarterback spot. And I think that, you know, looking at these odds, looking at BetOnline's opinion of the Rams, it's clear that they expect him to be a relatively large upgrade as well. And I think we've talked about that here for this past week, and really ever since the Rams traded for Stafford is that You know, a lot of people, I think, are downplaying this trade. Of course, Stafford has been a solid quarterback to good, maybe even borderline elite in his best season or seasons with the Detroit Lions, but I think there's a lot of untapped potential there, and I talked about that in the past few days. You know, this is a guy who's played for Matt Patricia and a bunch of different coaches with Detroit. I mean, Jim Caldwell, Scott Linehan, I believe, Jim Schwartz, all these guys that have proven to not be successful in the league outside of Caldwell, who still hasn't even had another head coaching job. None of these guys have set him up in a offensive system that was, you know, designed to actually be productive and 
accentuate his strengths and minimize his weaknesses as well as the other players around him. And that's why I think the Rams are going to get more out of Stafford than we've ever seen from a 33-year-old quarterback, a guy who's been in the league for over a decade. That probably sounds so weird for some people. Like, how can a dude who's 33 years old improve? Like, that doesn't make no sense. But I truly think that he's going to reach a new level this season with the Rams, with Sean McVay, with the offensive personnel he has around him, with the offensive line, the running back, the K-Makers, the Daryl Henderson duo. This is the best team he's ever played with. There's no question about that in my mind. And I truly think that Sean McVay is going to open up that bag, get deep into it, share all these things that we've seen in 2018, some new stuff in terms of the offensive game planning, scheming. And I think they're going to be a great partnership together. Someone mentioned it on Twitter, my man Dennis Bresingham. He said, why is nobody talking about this addition of Stafford to the Rams with Sean McVay like we looked at when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta and Matt Ryan had his MVP caliber season? And I was like, man, that is a great comparison. That is the exact way I look at this situation too, is you know, Matt Ryan, solid quarterback. Any given year, he's going to be a good quarterback and potentially great. But then under Shanahan, who had this amazing scheme designed for him, obviously for the whole offense, their outside zone attack, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, and then you got you know the dominant receivers in terms of Julio Jones and all these other guys. And Matt Ryan puts together this absolutely unreal season. They go to the Super Bowl. They probably should have won the Super Bowl. And Ryan puts together this MVP caliber season and never goes back to having that same success since Shanahan left and was hired as a head coach in San Fran. And I think that's going to be the exact same thing with Stafford here. And, you know, that is probably why the Rams are so high on this Super Bowl odds list. And at the end of the day, you look at last week's games in terms of the NFC and AFC Conference Championships, the four teams that were left over were the four best offenses in the league. And while the Rams do have the best defense in the league right now, you know, prior to losing whoever they may lose in free agency, defense is only going to take you so far. You need to be able to score 30 plus. We know that. And the Rams just got exponentially better on the offensive side of the ball. And not only that, but they have a chance to continue adding weapons in terms of receivers, you know, with more diverse skill sets, maybe a guy who can take the top off the defense, potentially a new offensive lineman or two, and rounding out that offense to make it even better than it was last season. And that's exactly why I think this team does deserve to be high on this list of odds in terms of potential Super Bowl winners. I do think that that is a good spot for them. You know, the hype is around, the hype is back, and I think it's deserved. And, you know, obviously it's hard to say and project because Stafford has yet to even show up in Los Angeles, never mind play a game. But, you know, I think when you look at how the Rams performed this past season and they were good, and now they're taking a big step forward in terms of the quarterback position, I think that they definitely should be high on this list. And when it comes to the NFC contenders, they absolutely have to be up there with the best of the best. And that is exactly where they find themselves in second, tied with the Buccaneers and the Packers in the NFC for the second best Super Bowl odds, according to betonline.ag. In the next segment, we're going to dive into why the Rams continue to pay players that they simply want to move on from just one year later, which is very confusing, but We're going to highlight some of the players and what this may mean for the Rams moving forward if it could be a potential issue. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Lockdown Rams. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't start? Well, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. 
There isn't a better time than right now to support a family-owned business with these strange COVID-related times that we are living in. If you're a do-yourselfer or a professional and are looking for reliably low prices, you need to check out Rock Auto. Go to their website and check out all of their available parts. It's a truly never-ending list, and if your car needs it, they've probably got it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of the Locked On Rams podcast, your Thursday edition of the pod. I appreciate you guys, as always, sticking around for the second segment. And I mentioned before the break that we're going to dive into the topic of why the Rams continue to pay players big money extensions and then move on from them so quickly thereafter, essentially eating a lot of dead money, a lot of dead cash, and hamstringing themselves from putting together an even potentially better roster because they now have less money to work with. But at the end of the day, I do find it a little bit refreshing before we get into it that the Rams are willing to just take their L, admit their mistake, and move on. That is something that is new And pretty much that we haven't really seen in the NFL over the past, you know, two decades, three decades, teams are very conservative in the NFL. This is not like the NBA where, you know, stars are getting moved left, right, and center and trades are happening all the time. Like the NFL is a very conservative and boring league. It's just how they operate. I don't know why teams are not willing to usually make that big risk. Now we've seen the tide slowly start to turn in the past few seasons where, you know, teams are starting to get a little bit more risky with their investments. Trades are becoming a little bit more popular and teams are starting to see that it does pay off to actually make these risky acquisitions or trades away or cuts or whatever it may be. And so I think we're trending in the right direction. And I think the Rams are definitely the trailblazers in this idea that do not sit on your laurels, do not sit on your hands, don't get complacent. There are many moves to be made, whether that be trading somebody, trading for somebody, trading away somebody, cutting somebody. There are a lot of opportunities to add talent to your roster. And I think the Rams have done a good job at highlighting that. Now, the one issue is, you know, they have traded for a lot of guys or, you know, signed a lot of guys that they had on their roster originally to these big money deals, which is great because you want to reward the players that deserve it, specifically homegrown guys, guys that have earned it for four or five plus years for your roster. But at the end of the day, the Rams need to find a better way to allocate their resources to guys that they are 100% confident in, not only in the immediate future, one year down the line, two years down the line, but guys that they want to build around for the next four, five seasons for the duration of that contract, or at the minimum for the duration of the guaranteed money on those contracts. You look all the way back to the extensions that the Rams have doled out and early nonetheless, right? These are former first round picks you get five years worth of cost-controlled money on a first-round pick. You have a five-year deal on a rookie contract, and for whatever reason, these teams want to pay guys early, specifically the Rams. They paid wide receiver Tavon Austin early, and then they eventually had to trade him away to the Dallas Cowboys and eat some dead money in that deal, as well as eat some of his contract and then trade him for a day-three pick just shortly after. You know, And then again, right after that, they pay another former first-round pick of the exact same draft class, actually, linebacker Alec Ogletree and this was one of the more shocking ones that I've ever seen in my life they paid him I believe in October and then they flipped him 
like at December or in like January. It was the shortest amount of time after. I don't know how you pay a guy mid-season a large contract extension and then three or four months later decide that he's no longer your guy. I understand, you know, if a year goes by, things change, whether it be their health or their fit in your system or, you know, their performance. But this was literally mid-season to the end of the season. Right after the season completed, they shipped him away for a day three pick to the New York Giants, which they're lucky that somebody was, no offense to the Giants, but dumb enough to take that contract. And again, the Rams are stuck with a lot of dead money. And again, paying a guy that they had clearly no interest in keeping. Very confusing. I don't know if they thought in October that Ogletree was going to be a long-term solution at that linebacker spot, somebody they wanted to build around, and then they just somehow flipped their mind very quickly thereafter or what happened there. But very strange. And those two were probably two of the bigger head-scratching moves, I would say. But they weren't the last ones either, which is weird because you move on and then the Rams trade a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks and immediately pay him a long-term contract. And mind you, this was before they paid defensive tackle Aaron Donald a long-term contract extension. It was the same summer. They literally traded for Brandon Cooks and paid him before they committed to paying Aaron Donald. So that wasn't a good look first and foremost. But not only that, you didn't even see Brandon Cooks line up or play a game for your team. And this was a guy who obviously had a concussion history, a little bit longer of a injury history when it comes to serious injuries like those concussions. And once again, the Rams pay him a lot of money. I believe it was like $18 million per year on his new deal. And a year or two later, boom, gone again. And the Rams eat a lot of dead money. It was the highest dead cap hit, I believe, of the 2020 season. And that is not a shock. The Rams actually had to eat a lot of dead money there. But they did at least get a premium pick back from the Houston Texans, a second round draft pick, the 57th overall pick. And obviously the Rams did select Van Jefferson with that draft pick, essentially replacing cooks in a one-for-one deal but once again that was a lot of dead money that the Rams had to eat I believe it was 18 or 20 million dollars in terms of dead cap that they could have spent upgrading their roster that's two very good starters in terms of 20 million dollars of cap space you could get two starters at 10 million dollars a piece or you could go get yourself an elite talent for 14 15 16 million dollars and another hole filled with another two to three million dollars there so that is the kind of stuff that's hamstringing the Rams from you know, being a very good team, being a 10 or 11 win team, a team that gets to the divisional round from a team that could get to the conference championship maybe, or a team that could have gotten over the hump and gotten back to a Super Bowl. It's those little things that have kind of held the Rams back, unfortunately. And I think that they need to start to clean it up. And that wasn't the end of it either. You look at guys like Todd Gurley, a running back that the Rams once again drafted in the first round, tore up his contract early, a running back nonetheless, and paid him early, not waiting it out, not using their franchise tag, even though they had two opportunities to do so. Paid him knowing probably that, you know, this guy had knee injury issues. Obviously, they had to try and limit him in terms of his usage. Dating back to Georgia, I mean, this was a guy who tore his ACL in his last year in college, and the Rams still felt comfortable enough taking him 10th overall. They knew his injury history. They knew the potential downfalls of the running back position and how quickly guys fall off at that spot. And they still paid him and not just paid him, but they paid him early, earlier than they needed to. You should never pay a running back before his rookie contract is over. And then never mind that, but you have one to two franchise tags to also utilize before you have to even consider paying them. And at that point, they're going to be old enough to the point where you shouldn't even want to pay them. So that was another big issue for the Rams. They actually had to use a June 1st cap hit release 
to get rid of Gurley because they couldn't afford to take that hit on as well as the Cooks hit last season. So they had to spread the Gurley cap hits, the dead cap hits from last season as well as this season. That's why they're still carrying $8.4 million in dead cap this season for Todd Gurley who hasn't even been on the roster going on his second season now. So that's not good. And then finally, Jared Goff, the last piece of this trifecta or quadrifecta. I don't even know if that's a word. I don't think so. But Again, a lot of dead cap now. The Rams are going to lead, I believe, as of right now, they do at least, the NFL in the largest dead cap hit going on two seasons. So that is not ideal. What's funny about that, though, is that the Rams still continue to make the playoffs more often than not. They still win playoff games. They still win double-digit wins every season. They're still a very good team and one of the best teams in the NFC, one of the best teams in the NFL. Now, the issue is they could be the best, maybe, you know, if they minimize these mistakes now they don't have first round picks they have to eat a lot of these picks to get rid of some of these bad contracts they have to eat a lot of dead cap to get rid of these contracts if the Rams could just find a way to clean this malfunction of their front office slash coaching staff up I don't know if it's a disconnect of miscommunication between the front office and the coaching staff between who they value or what the case may be but the Rams need to get this looked at they need to get this solved They need to only pay big money to the players that they are 100% confident are going to stick around, are going to keep their production up. Guys like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, these are the guys you want to pay without question. But when it comes to the lesser talented players, the guys, the second tier guys, the third tier guys, you really need to start to think about, is this a guy that we can't live without? Is this a guy that we want to keep around and pay big money to? And one of the guys that they must decide that for is quarterback Matt Stafford, who is now entering the Rams At a nice cap hit, though only has two years left of his contract, and the Rams do have some salary cap issues, and they could ultimately move some of his money back with an extension or a restructure and free up some immediate cap space right now. And that is one of the things that we're going to talk about in the next segment is Matt Stafford's statistics from the 2020 season, some fun ones that I dug up, and what it may mean for the Rams moving forward in this season. And while we've got you, make sure to come back on Friday for our Fan Mill Friday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. Are we ready for the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are set to kick off another fun and exciting Super Bowl between two very potent offenses, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. You guys know I like to get it in from home as well. I had a leg day today. Man, my legs are beat up from squats and all that. But unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. Thursdays on Locked On NFL are a must listen as Ryan Tracy and Jake Lisko break down teams across the NFL from an analytics and team building perspective. Get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the final segment of this Thursday edition of the Locked On Rams pod. 
I mentioned before the break that we're going to dive into some fun statistics that I dug up from Matt Stafford's 2019-2020 NFL season. This guy was clearly a talented player, and I must preface all of these statistics by saying he didn't even have his number one receiver for the majority of the year. Kenny Galladay only played in five games last season for the Lions, and that proved to be an issue for the Lions. Obviously, you know, this guy didn't really have much at the receiver position when it comes to Stafford. He was throwing to Marvin Jones, who's obviously an established receiver and a good one and a veteran in the league that's been productive. But after him came the issues. You know, you have Danny Amendola, who's a aging veteran in the slot, not very explosive, doesn't really offer much big play potential. You got guys like Quintez Cephas, who wasn't drafted. Mohamed Sanu, a guy who they had to sign and was starting five days later, cut by the Patriots who had their own receiver issues. So that should tell you what they thought of Mohamed Sanu at the time. Not very good. And yet Stafford still managed to put together a great season, especially for a guy who played for a coach who got fired and really a team that had no business being productive. I mean, the Lions were really bad last season, but it didn't really affect Matt Stafford because he still finished in 13th in PFF's passing grade with a 78.6. And all of these statistics are from Pro Football Focus. Now, looking at his passing yards, he had 4,084, which ranked 12th. And a lot of these statistics ranked around the top 12 of the NFL in terms of their quarterbacks. So that's obviously good, especially when you consider the weakness of all the positions around him, specifically at wide receiver and the offensive line and the Lions running game. They weren't very productive in the rushing attack, and that put a lot on the shoulders of Matt Stafford. In addition to that, he had 26 passing touchdowns, again, ranking 12th, 29 big-time throws in the season, ranking 12th once again, only 12 turnover-worthy passes, That ranked 26th, so that's very good. He was very safe with the football last season, and that's something that's going to be very welcomed for Rams fans, Rams Nation, Sean McVay, the Rams offense. Somebody who's not going to turn the ball over, have those back-breaking pick sixes, fumbles on damn near every sack. That was the stuff that killed the Rams very often this past season. What stopped them from potentially getting the first seed in the NFC, potentially being healthy in the playoffs had they gotten the first seed. It's all those little things that made the biggest difference. And I think Matt Stafford from last year going into this year has proven that he's a guy who can take care of the football. He's going to have some bad interceptions. Of course, it's the NFL. Every quarterback makes mistakes, but the mistakes that he makes, I feel like are much less prevalent than the ones Goff did. And not only that, but they're much less frequent. And that is the most important thing. Looking at his yards per attempt figure, he had 7.7 yards per attempt that ranked 11th. His average depth of target was 9.3 yards down the field. That ranked 7th. I love that. I mentioned it on the podcast already multiple times. Stafford is a guy who's going to look downfield first. He's going to look to push the ball vertical. And that's exactly why Sean McVay targeted him as the quarterback that he wanted. This is a guy who's going to look to make the big play. And when he doesn't have it, he's going to check it down. That is the opposite of what the Rams had last season. Last season, it was... I got a tight end open for three yards. Let me take it. I'm not looking downfield. I'm scared to get sacked. I don't have time. This offensive line is wonky. Is not going to block for me. You know, these things. And unfortunately, that's why the Rams couldn't produce any big plays last season. And that's why we had to continually see drives of 12, 13, 15 plays. And ultimately, that's why they had an average offense at best. They couldn't produce the big plays. They couldn't produce the big hits in terms of big scores. And that was a major thing that hamstrung the offense. And I think... That is probably going to be the biggest difference going into this season is that Matt Stafford is going to push that thing. Doesn't matter who's down there. Doesn't matter if it's a receiver, a tight end, a running back. Somebody's going to get vertical and he's going to hit one of those shots, if not once a game, multiple times a game. And it's going to make their offense a lot more productive. 
a lot more efficient, I believe, and is going to ultimately put more points on the board. And that's what you want. You look at passes of 20 plus yards. And like I mentioned, this is a place where Matt Stafford does his most damage. He had a 93.0 passing grade that ranked eighth among all quarterbacks. You look at the passing yards, he had the fifth most passing yards. And on these passes of 20 plus, he had seven touchdowns and only one interception. Then the last thing, and I think another huge difference between a guy like Stafford and Goff is their ability to work under pressure. Jared Goff, when the pocket is clean, when everything was good, he could be a great quarterback, very rhythm type passer, very you know comfortable when he has a nice clean pocket and he can step into his throws. He could be very accurate, a good decision maker. But as soon as that thing started to get muddy, the pocket, you know, as soon as bodies started to come around him, when he had to eat a hit prior to throwing the ball, things went downhill very fast. And that's just the way it was for Jared Goff, unfortunately. The reason it's going to make a big difference this season is because Matt Stafford actually had the second highest passer rating under pressure, which was a 91.8 among all quarterbacks last season. The only quarterback that topped him, ironically enough, the other quarterback that plays in SoFi Stadium, rookie Justin Herbert. So these are the statistics that I think are going to make much of a difference for the Rams offense this season. I think Stafford is going to be much more comfortable under pressure, pushing the ball deep, playing within that play action running game style offense that Sean McVay loves to have, the outside zone scheme, a lot of play action, a lot of route concepts built off of that play action, a lot of digs, things that we've seen in 2018 that Jared Goff looked very comfortable doing but hasn't really looked comfortable since. And I think Stafford is going to definitely take advantage of this situation. And I do think that we're going to see one of his productive seasons, if not the most productive season, he's going to put together as a pro quarterback in the NFL. That is all we got for you guys on this episode. I appreciate you as always for listening. And this episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. Dot com. Make sure to check back on Friday for your Fan Mail Friday edition of the Locked on Rams podcast. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.